chapter 24. I'll give you the verse a little bit later. Let me uh, update you on a few things. I think that's on the list of things I need to do is to uh, give you an update on ministry and what we're doing. I know that we know most of you. Uh, we've been here before, so you know my background, so I'll not get into the background. Uh, but I know that um, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, maybe two years ago, Brother Walter and I were talking. We do that every once in a while. Uh, and even less in person. Actually, we speak every day. We have a, a morning prayer time uh, that we started in December of 2013. We started, we covenanted together to pray every morning. And uh, we've done that. We've only missed a few mornings, generally when he's on an airplane going somewhere or I'm on an airplane going somewhere. And it's kind of hard to... Uh, make a phone call when you're up in the air. Uh, and so, but we were talking one day and, and we realized that uh, we're getting a little older and uh, we made the statement, I don't know if it was he first or me first, I think it was him, that uh, he said that there's more ministry behind us than there is in front of us. And we kind of made the idea that we would like to be more involved in the latter years of our life as much involved as we were in the former years of our life, getting more done, that type of thing. Well, you know, it's funny how God answers prayer. Uh, you know, God just, you know, you don't have to say, God, give me more to do. Uh, you just kind of express the idea that you wouldn't mind having more to do, uh, that you'd like to make a bigger impact uh, as you get in your waning years. Uh, and uh, so God answered prayer. Uh, and uh, we have two uh, Indian nationals that are our missionaries. Uh, we have one in uh, a Pakistani that is in Pakistan. Walter does a Bible study with him uh, every Friday and does some other ministry. Uh, and then we have two Indian nationals. I think, uh, I think Sam's a gypsy as well. I know that Brother Ravender, I work with Brother Moloth Ravender. Sam Armalaputi is a good man. Uh, he's working in India. Uh, doing training, uh, doing church planning in villages. And I got connected with Brother Moloth Ravender, uh, who is in that area. He's uh, uh, west, east of uh, uh, Hyderabad, India, uh, down in the southern part of India. And uh, uh, he's a gypsy. And we started a Friday morning Bible study, uh, he and his family. Uh, and so I call him every Friday morning. We uh, do it via uh, in, uh, Facebook Messenger, uh, that type of thing. So we started having this Bible study, and he's been enjoying it. And he mentioned uh, uh, sometime last year, he mentioned that he, uh, he has some friends that are pastoring. They're gypsy pastors in gypsy villages around that part uh, of India, and uh, they have not had the privilege that he has had of going to a Bible college. And uh, so we began talking and we put together a series of uh, one-day seminars, uh, five hours a day. Uh, in their day, it is uh, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock with an hour for lunch. In my day, it's 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, with an hour for, uh, I don't want to lay my head down and take a nap because I won't wake back up. So I study a little bit more or do something, go out and run around or just to stay awake. Uh, but we have uh, 28 Indian gypsy pastors that we're training, we're teaching. Uh, we've done several different subjects and uh, we're finishing up uh, Bible doctrines. Uh, actually, this coming Tuesday, uh, I will be up at one in the morning uh, doing our closing session on Bible doctrines. And so we've taken them through uh, several uh, things, uh, pastoral theology. We've taken them through hermeneutics, through homiletics, uh, through biblical counseling, through biblical ethics, uh, through the life and ministry of Peter, uh, and then three times in Bible doctrines. Next is uh, church planting and soul winning, uh, personal evangelism, and then we'll close out the year with the life of Christ. And so that's one of the things, now, uh, it does cost me uh, $300 each month uh, that we have to take. And we've had a, a, a block in 
set aside in our Roma accounts that we need to replenish, but we have a block there uh, that we've been drawing on. I just recently purchased uh, some doctrine books for them in their language. Uh, you know, it's a bunch of scribbling. It looks like, you know, not like somebody put a chicken on a piece of paper. It just looks like uh, somebody gave a kid a pen and just let them, you know, how looped on that type of thing. And uh, he told me when I was speaking to him last Friday when we were having our Bible study, he told me that he had visited another town that has several villages around, and there's a pastor there that wants to do the same thing. Uh, and so it looks like I'm going to have two a month of these Gypsy Bible Institute seminars uh, in two different places, and again, about 25 to 28 other pastors. And so uh, we are expanding. You know, God answered prayer, gave us more to do. And uh, so we're involved in that. I'd ask you to pray about that. It does take some time in prayer, preparation. I have to get them the notes so they can put it in their language so they can have the notes. It's not just listening and taking notes uh, so they can have the notes. Yes, sir? I speak in English. Brother Ravender speaks English, uh, and uh, so he translates for me. He has another man, Brother Passat, who is, uh, and that's not the Volkswagen car, uh, or the Audi, uh, but uh, he is also speaks English, and so the two of them translate for me. I do have pictures. I was trying to put together a, a, a presentation, but I, I'll show you some pictures later if you'd like, but uh, uh, there's 28 of these men, and they come and, and sit in Brother Ravender's church. He has a, lives in a village of about 750 people. He has a church... Uh, of about 30 people, and so they come sit in his church. We help them get the, uh, the technology to do internet projector and that type of thing. Uh, it's really been a fruitful ministry as far as preparing men for the ministry, and that's part of the, of the idea of missions. So you, you look at my prayer card, one of the things is training leaders, training servants, and so that's what we've been trying to do, and God has really blessed that. Uh, to the adding of another session. And for, we're already looking at uh, year number two uh, with the original group and then beginning year one with a second group. And uh, one of my great desires uh, is to actually get boots on the ground, go over and see Brother Sam, and then also spend some time with Brother Ravender uh, and his family. Uh, so that's what we're up to. That's what we've been doing. That's an update on our ministry. It just keeps us busy. And that's what we want to do is keep busy. So uh, any questions on that? Then I'm going to read my passage of Scripture, pray, and then I'm going to uh, preach, I think. Any questions on what we're doing on the ministry we have? Uh, I'm going to have to add another flag to my table. I'm going to have to add the Indian flag there. Uh, to my table, and, but uh, uh, it's a great, great ministry. Uh, these men are, uh, they, they've, they're preaching, and some of the questions they've asked me uh, show me they've not been trained very well. Uh, and I uh, appreciate Brother Sam. He sends me pictures, a list of pictures. And Sam, slow down on the pictures, uh, you know. Uh, but he sends me a bunch of pictures, but... Uh, He's doing pretty much the same thing, but he's doing it in his own language on the ground uh, there, and I'm doing it via the Internet. Uh, so we're kind of doubling or tripling up on things. All right? Any questions? Okay. I have you in Luke chapter 24. Uh, let's begin with verse number 44. We'll read down to verse 49, and then I'll pray and uh, preach. If you would, please, I'd ask you to stand for the reading of the Word of God. Uh, and uh, I think you know why. Uh, he says in v verse number 44, And he said unto them, Jesus is now speaking, He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the psalm concerning me. He just covered the whole Old Testament. The law of, the, of Moses, uh, the, the prophets, and the psalm. That, that encompasses the whole of the Old Testament. Uh, and so he, he took his Old Testament and showed them everything that concerned him. All right, verse number 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. 
And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached into his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the time that we have uh, together this evening here in this place with these people. Pray, Father, you'd bless and guide in all that is said and done. Pray, Father, that each of us would have our heart attuned to thee and our ears open to your word as we preach. I pray, Father, you'd fill me with the power of the Spirit of God. Uh, Father, I cannot accomplish what you desire to have accomplished in my own power. So, Father, as best I know how, I yield myself to thee and ask you to fill me and use me. Father, you know my heart's desire is not necessarily to be a great preacher, but to be a help and a blessing, a source of challenge and encouragement to God's people. I pray, Father, that this evening you'd make that so. Pray that each one would uh, be attentive to the Word of God, that we'd yield our hearts and our minds to Thee. Then I pray, Father, You'd order our steps according to Thy Word. We'll be careful, Father, to give You all the praise and all the honor and all the glory that is due Your name. For we ask this all in that name that's above every name, the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Okay, I'm on. You may be seated. Uh, Jesus has... uh, uh, come into the group. He has walked with two men on the road to Emmaus. You find that in verses 13 through 30 where he, uh, these two men were walking. They were confused about what had gone on. And Jesus had joined them and hidden himself from them. So they didn't have any idea uh, who was there, who was, uh, uh, they were talking to. And uh, he opened to them uh, the understanding Uh, So he had spent some time with them. He has appeared to them as they gathered in Jerusalem, uh, and they were frightened at his appearance. And you would be too if you're in a closed room and all of a sudden somebody showed up. You'd be a a little bit uh, frightened too. And uh, so he has uh, done that, uh, and and, uh, he has calmed their nerves. In both cases, he's instructed them concerning the fulfillment of his scriptures. By the way, just let me just, uh, I, I was going to say this earlier, let me just say it now. Brother Walter preached without his iPad and he said he wouldn't be long, okay? Um, and I'm preaching with my iPad, take it from there. Um, okay. All right, I, I just thought I'd throw that in, pick on you, Brother Walter, you know how it is. Uh, but in both cases, he's uh, instructed them concerning him and the fulfillment of Scripture. On the road, he said, O fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? In the room, when he got with them, he said, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. In our text, he makes it this statement, thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. This, by the way, is the message of missions, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the telling of folks about the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me just make one thing clear before I go any further, and that is uh, he's giving this to his apostles. You say, well, that doesn't include me. Wait a minute. The apostles represent the church. Okay, so he's giving this to the church. Okay, so what he's doing is he's giving this to you. Okay, those things that he said, they're applicable today. This is not something that is just for Peter, James, and John and those other guys. Uh, This is for the church of Jesus Christ. Everybody that has been born into the family of God has been baptized in the body of, of Christ. They become part of the church, and this is the church's mandate. This is the commission of the church. This is what we are supposed to be doing, and this is the message that we have for that world out there uh, is this idea that he has suffered and he died in our place. He paid our penalty so that we could have eternal life when we believe on him and receive him as our Savior. Uh, so this is what uh, we are declaring 
in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, in our Samaria, and onto the uttermost part of the earth. This is what missions is all about. And I completely agree with Brother Walter. I completely agree with your pastor that this is the most important meeting you'll ever have during the, year, during the calendar year. You can have revival meetings. That's great. They're good. They're important because they speak to our heart and cause us to get a little bit more excited, our heart to burn a little bit more, to get a little bit more focused on Jesus Christ, to get a a little bit more what we had when we first got saved. Remember what it was like when you first got saved? Remember the excitement you had in your heart and life uh, when you realized that you were not going to hell, that Jesus Christ died in your place, and that he has saved you by his grace, uh, and uh, you trusted him, and you were birthed? Yeah, that, to me, when I got saved, I remember it. It's been several years ago, several several decades ago, uh, but I remember when I got saved, I remember how excited I was, and the thing is, is after we've been at it a little while, it begins to get weary, and it begins to slow us down, and we need to be stirred up. Revival meetings are great meetings for the church. We ought to have those meetings. Uh, Bible conferences are important meetings, but the most important meeting you'll have is your mission conference. Why? Because it determines what you're going to do with the Great Commission, uh, what you're going to do to reaching souls around the world. Uh, this is, you say, well, uh, the church, they can't go everywhere. No, but you can send missionaries places where you can't personally go. You can send missionaries to people groups that you can't personally meet. Uh, and you're meeting those people groups. You're meeting their need through your missionaries. We call it partnering with uh, churches or partnering with missionaries. You become a part of their ministry. They become a part of your ministry. And so we have this idea, uh, and based upon what we find in the scriptures concerning him, we, we, uh, we are given a heavenly assignment, a holy responsibility, a divine commission. Yeah. I want to tonight just consider uh, through this portion of scripture, I want to consider the components of our missionary con commission, of uh, the thing that we've got. And so there are just several uh, that I want to kind of point out tonight and preach on for a while and shout and holler and sputter and drool all over myself for a little while. Uh, you know how that is. And so, uh, first of all, I want you to see the preaching component of missions. He says in verse number 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That idea, that preaching of repentance and remission of sin. Remember what Paul said when he spoke to the, uh, the, church, at, uh, uh, the church at Ephesus when they came down and met him uh, in the book of Acts chapter number 20. He said that, uh, that he had uh, taught and preached unto them repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. You really realize the coin of salvation has two sides? Repentance toward God. Repentance means a change of mind. It, the, the word literally means to think again. Okay? It's not necessarily turning over a new leaf. Okay? Uh, in fact, you could turn over the whole tree and it wouldn't change you. Repentance is a change of mind, a thinking again, uh, a change of how you think about God, what you think about God, who you think God is, and when real repentance results in a change of life. Repentance isn't the change of life. The results of real repentance is a change of life. And so he said we, you're to preach repentance... Uh, the idea that you need to change your focus about God, the idea that you need to change what you think about God, the idea that you need to look at God and realize that God is who he says he is, not who you think he is. And, uh, and the, that God is the, the creator of the universe. It didn't just happen. It didn't spin out in, the, in space so fast that it scattered all over the place. Uh, there was no big bang. There was a big God said. And God said, let there be, and there was. And God said, let there be, and there was. God created everything. The only thing that he didn't speak into existence was you and I. The Bible says he reached down into the dust of the ground that he spoke into existence, and he formed man and breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. By the way, animals aren't living souls. We're different. You know, what they try to teach you in science is that man is just a higher form of animal. No, it's not. 
uh, you have to follow the science. And the science says no. You have to look at it. Uh, you know, they're great at saying follow the science until the science speaks against what they want. I'm not going there. Uh, done with that. And so this idea of repentance, speaking or preaching repentance, change your focus, change your mind about God. When you change your mind about God, then you will realize that you cannot save yourself. You cannot do good works enough to save yourself. You cannot redeem yourself. You cannot live as such a perfect life uh, that God will forgive you of everything. You have to have somebody that paid your price that paid your, your debt. Jesus paid our debt. I had a debt I could not pay. He, he paid a debt he didn't know. Uh, he paid my debt. He paid your debt uh, on the cross of Calvary. He died in our place. He shed his blood. And by the way, he, had, he couldn't have just died. He couldn't have just strangled. He had to shed his blood. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So he had, it had to be a bloody death. It couldn't just be he choked and died. Uh, he had to have a bloody death. That's why the crown of thorns. That's why the nails in his hand. That's why the nails in his feet. That's why the spear in his side, because he had to shed his blood so that we could have eternal life. The, so you, he says, here's your message that you're going you're gonna to preach. This is the message the church has for the world out there. Repentance towards God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That repentance and remission of sin should be preached all over the place. So you have that idea of the preaching component. The gospel uh, is the message, not politics, not social action. You know, can I, can I say this? I can say this in my church because my preacher agrees with me. Uh, independent Baptists have got too tied up in social things. We, we have backed off in preaching the gospel. We backed off on preaching on hell. That's where you go if you die without Jesus Christ, a real, little, burning hell. Uh, but uh, we're to preach the gospel. We're not to preach social action. We're not to preach uh, the politics. And, you know, preachers have gotten real political uh, lately. Do I, do I have opinions on politics? I do, but they stay in my opinion. They don't come to my pulpit. Okay? Uh, I'll, I'll preach the truth. And, and if you understand the truth, then you can apply that politically. Uh, but I'm not going to preach it. Jesus has just shared the gospel message with them, directing them uh, to the law, to the prophets and the Psalms. The law is the sacrifices in Exodus. The prophets is, uh, of course, you find Isaiah 53, the Psalms, Psalm 22. People don't need a democratic message. People don't need a Republican message. People don't need a socialist message. They need a Bible message. They need a, a Romans road message. They need an Isaiah 53 message. He is despised and rejected of men. Surely he hath borne our grief. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. That's what they need to hear. They need to have a gospel message. They need a 2 Corinthians chapter 8 message. And uh, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Uh, they need an Acts uh, 4.12 message. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. They need an Ephesians 2 message. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are uh, for we are, uh, we are created, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus on two good works that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I threw in verse number 10 because most people don't uh, include that in the gospel message, but it is there. So we have this, this mandate uh, to preach the gospel. That's the preaching component of missions. Secondly, I want you to see the uh, person component or the people component of missions. He says in verse number 48, he says, in ye are witnesses, and ye are witnesses. Now, speaking to his disciples, to the apostles, they had witnessed the cross. You say, well, that leaves me out. No, you have. If you've read your Bible, you've witnessed the cross. By the way, your witnesses 
to the saving power of Jesus Christ if you're a child of God. You know what happened. I, I like to think about that maniac of Gadara. Y'all remember him? Yeah. Uh, he got saved. I mean, he got gloriously saved. There is no other way to get saved, by the way, except gloriously saved. You hear people say, boy, he got a good dose of salvation. There is only one dose of salvation, and it's all good. Uh, okay? And, uh, you know, we all get saved. We all get gloriously saved. Okay? Uh, no, you know, I get gloriously saved. You didn't. You, you just got saved. No. You got gloriously saved, too. We all got it. Uh, but here he gets saved, and what he, wants, what he wants to do is he wants to follow Jesus. He's, Jesus is going to, he, let me go with you. Jesus said, no, you go back. You take your 13-week course on personal evangelism. You learn all the ins and outs of how to witness to somebody, all the tricks of the trade as it was. No, he said, you go back and you tell them what great things God has done to you. You with me? So we are witnesses of what God has. I don't have to, I don't have, to have a, 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 a course on personal evangelism to be able to tell somebody how I got saved. All I have to do is say, look, this I know. I was lost. I met Jesus. Now I'm saved. How about the blind man? They came and asked him, well, is he, is he the son of God? Who is this man? He said, I don't know. I know this. I was blind. He came along, and now I can see. I was lost. Jesus came along. Now I'm saved. I was blind. Uh, he came along. Now I can see. Uh, ye are witnesses. He, uh, uh, they had seen, and they had heard, and they had handled of the word of life. John chapter, or 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Uh, now they are commissioned, sent to preach the message of salvation. Now you are commissioned, sent to preach the message of salvation. But wait a minute. You can't go all over the place. I'll get there in a second. You can't go all over the place, but you can send. You can help somebody else go all over the place. You're already helping Walter in his ministry. You can help others uh, to go if you'll just get a hold of this idea of faith, promise, missionary giving. Uh, now they're commissioned uh, to go and preach. They have not, we have not seen, uh, not ha nor have our flesh uh, handled him. But in the scriptures, in our hearts, we have seen him. We have heard his voice uh, and the word of God. We has called to us and showed us himself in the word of God. He says in the word of God, come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can learn about Jesus. He'll speak to you if you take this blessed old book and you sit down with this blessed old book and you bow your heart and you bow your head before the Lord Jesus. Christ and you say, Holy Spirit of God, I'm fixing to read your book you wrote. Would you help me to understand it? And the Spirit of God will help you to understand it. It says in 1 John that we have no need of a teacher, that we have an unction from on high, an unction from the Holy, Holy One that will teach us all things. By the way, you can really learn a lot about this book if you just allow the Spirit of God to teach you. I remember when I was uh, up in Alaska, I got saved up in Alaska at Anchorage Baptist Temple, and we had a, a walk through the Bible seminar up there. It's, uh, it's with uh, the, uh, Dave Wilkerson, Bruce Wilkerson uh, did it, uh, and they, they take you and walk you through the Bible so you get a whole look at the, at the Bible. Well, I was on the, the registration committee. I, I would take people and register them, you know, give them their little buddy badge, you know, that type of thing. And I had been reading a devotional uh, in my morning devotions that was written by a man that was lived in Eagle River, Alaska. Well, Eagle River, Alaska is not far from Anchorage, Alaska, where I lived. And, and, but I had been reading it, and I, that morning I read a, a portion that I didn't quite understand. I read this devotion, I can't make sense of that. I read it three times, and I couldn't make sense of it. So I'm giving out these buddy badges, and this guy comes in, and he signs up, and I look at his name, and I said, I, I recognize that name. Well, he was the author of that devotional book. And so I said, look, what are you doing for lunch? Let me take you out and buy you, buy you lunch. So we went to lunch. We got to lunch. I pulled out the devotion. 
know, he says, I read this today. I don't get it. And he explained it to me. And I understood it because the author explained it to me. Hey, get with your Bible. Get with the author. And let the author explain it to you. You know? I mean, spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Don't just do your 15 minutes and say, okay, I did my 15 minutes. I did my Bible reading. Check off the box. Stop and let the Spirit of God speak to your heart about what he, you find in the Word of God. Ask Him to order your steps in His Word. Teach me thy Word. So we have this, uh, this idea that we can, uh, we're supposed to uh, uh, share the Word of God with others, and we need to have it. Uh, we need to understand it. Uh, we are witnesses of the miracle of the new birth, uh, the knowledge of salvation. We are reminded of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9. I mentioned it earlier. And ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word know can be used two different ways in the Word of God. It can be used to mean you were instructed or you were taught. You were informed. I know because I was informed. That's one way. The other way is to, as you know, because of experience. See, I know the military. I spent 11 years in the military. We were talking about this at, at uh, uh, supper time. We, Brother uh, Jim and I were talking about it a little bit ago. Uh, I know the military. I was, I was the right guy to do a military ministry. Why? I, I speak both languages, English and military. I, I understand the culture. You know, the military is a different culture than, than average civilian life. It's a different culture. I understood the culture. I know it. And he says, you, why? Because I've experienced it. Not because somebody told me about it, but because I've experienced it. And he says, you know the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have experienced the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, if you have not experienced the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you haven't been saved. And you need to come at the, uh, at the altar at the end of the service and get saved. So you can experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, and you know this, you know the grace. Being witnesses, we are to do just that. Witness, to tell, to proclaim, to preach that message we talked about. So there's the, the people uh, component of missions. Number two, three. Number two or three? Number three. Uh, the, you get confused when you get old. No, you're not. Uh, amen. Number three, the place of the, the place component of missions. Uh, I like this. And the remission of sin, the repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among where? All nations. All nations. Everywhere. You know, what we, what we do oftentimes, and I've heard this before, well, I'll, I'll, I'll move out when I've reached my Jerusalem. Can I help you with something? You will never reach your Jerusalem. Try as you may. Why? We live in a mobile society. It wasn't that way years ago. Years ago, people grew up, were birthed and grew up and died in the same town, working for the same people. We live in a mobile society. People come and go all the time. And so your Jerusalem, people are moving out and people are moving in. Have you reached those that moved in? Hmm? Then you haven't reached your Jerusalem. By the way, in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, it says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts. It doesn't say Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the uttermost part. It's and, and, and. In other words, all at the same time. So while you're reaching your Jerusalem, you're also supposed to be reaching your Judea and your Samaria, and your uttermost parts of the earth. There's where your missions come in, in play. There's where missionaries come in play. They represent you. Brother Walter represents you in the, in the uh, Roma community. 
I, uh, Brother Walter represents you in Romania and wherever else we end up going, which is a lot of different places lately, uh, we represent you in those places. Uh, and so there's that component to all the world for all mankind. Preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. I mean, you, you can't mistake that, can you? Can you mistake that when it says, go and teach all nations? Well, does it mean all good nations? All accepting nations? By the way, there is no, no nation that is openly accepting of the gospel. You have to go and deliver the gospel. Uh, when I was with the other mission group, Baptist Missions Forgotten Peoples, as their deputation director, uh, what I would do is I'd tell the missionaries as we trained them that when you get ready to go to the field, you've raised your support, you're ready to go to the field. Uh, understand this, you get off that airplane, there's not going to be a group of people standing there with banners, welcome missionary, we're glad you're here, we want to hear the gospel. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to take the gospel to them and the highways and the hedges. You're going to have to take it to people that really don't want it. They want what the gospel provides, but they don't want the gospel. You with me? They want peace. They want happiness. They want joy. They want uh, that type of thing, uh, but they, the fulfillment. But they don't want Jesus Christ. They have to realize that they can only have peace. They can only have joy. They can only have fulfillment through Jesus Christ. Uh, and so uh, we take the gospel to all mankind, to every nation, uh, beginning at Jerusalem, and, 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 we've already done that. Uh, don't put off the rest of the world until you reach your Jerusalem. We do it all at the same time. Jerusalem by the church, the world by missionaries. Let me say that again. Okay? Write this down. You reach your Jerusalem by the church. Who reaches Fort Myers? You do. You do. How are you doing at that, by the way? Who reaches the world where you can't go? Your missionaries. Those are on that wall back there. Your missionaries reach the world where you can't go. Uh, so it's Jerusalem by the church, the world by missionaries, but it's still the people component. Then I wanted to give you the uh, number four, and that's the promise component of missions. He says, uh, 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 and behold, verse number 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. The promise. Of, what is the promise of the Father? Well, in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32, it's the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, in Acts, in, uh, in John 14, 16, and 17, uh, it's the Holy Spirit of God. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Well, who is that other comforter? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the promise of Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Uh, but the, the promise is about power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. It's the promise of power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power to preach. It's the power to minister the gospel. I can do all things through Christ. He mentioned that last night. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can't do anything without Christ. I can't understand the Word of God without Christ. I can't preach the Word of God without Christ. I can't you're not going to like this. I can't be the dad I'm supposed to be without Christ. Understand something. When he writes in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18, he says, Be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He's not writing to the pastor of the church. He's writing to the people of the church at Ephesus. So when we take and bring it into today, he's not writing to Pastor Lake. He's not writing to missionary Tim or missionary Walter. He's writing to the people. He says, be not drunk with wine, worse than excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, what's the difference? Well, to be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit. 
to have, he has complete control of you. To be drunk with wine is to be controlled by wine. Ever heard this? I, I, I had of a past, just in case you didn't know, I have a past. I haven't always been the angel sent from God that I am today. I was telling uh, somebody today at dinner that uh, uh, years ago, I was high on drugs. I did drugs, I, I drank, I got drunk. And I heard this often from others and from people that were around people that drunk. Don't, you know, drunks get loud, get obnoxious. And I've heard this, don't pay any attention to him. That's not him talking, that's just the alcohol talking. It controls you. You lose control of yourself, and it controls you. Be not drunk with wine, where success, but the contrasting conjunction, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be controlled by booze, be controlled by the Spirit of God. Don't be controlled by alcohol. Don't be controlled by drugs. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Allow the Spirit of God to lead your life. Allow the Spirit of God to control your life. Get up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit of God, I'm about to step out into the world. Would you control me? Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you cause me to speak when I'm supposed to speak to who I'm supposed to speak? Uh, go, Holy Spirit of God, take control of me. This I say then... Help me out. Walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary to one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Okay? So walk in the Spirit. If you be filled with the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Uh, that means to be controlled, led by the Spirit of God, uh, and uh, allow Him to control your actions and everything. And when you do that, it'll be real easy to share the gospel with somebody. Why? Because you're not doing it, the Holy Spirit of God is using you as a tool to do it. Uh, and so we have that promise component. By the way, uh, I would recommend, I don't have a, a copy of that, but I recommend when you get that card that you ask the Holy Spirit of God, you ask God the Father what, you, what He wants you to do with that. You see, I had somebody ask me, well, how is that, you know, does God really tell us? Well, you go to the great example of real faith promise in the Old Testament and you go to the widow of Zarephath. That was a promise. She had, what, two sticks, a little meal, a little oil. She's going to make a fire, build a cake, eat the cake with her son, and die. In other words, that's all she had. And Elijah came. And by the way, God says in the Word of God that he commanded a widow woman there to sustain him. So somehow she got the instructions from God that she was supposed to take care of this missionary, this prophet, this man that was coming. Somehow God can instruct you as to what he wants you to do, not what you want to do, what he wants you to do in the line of missions, what, you, what he wants you to do for missions. By the way, it's a great picture because she took what she had, gave it, and then for how many days, we know many days, they ate off of an empty barrel and an empty cruise. Every morning she got up, she'd go to that barrel. Nowhere does it say that the barrel was all overflowing. Nowhere does it say that. Nowhere does it say that the oil in the cruise was overflowing. It said she, they ate off of that empty barrel and that empty cruise for many days. I picture in my mind, I've got a weird imagination, okay? My imagination ran wild yesterday when Walter was given an illustration, but uh, I got this weird imagination. I get the idea that she got up in the morning, that first morning after she had fed Elijah, she got up in the morning and she went to that barrel. I don't guess there's anything here, but we'll see. She looked in and, man, there was a handful of meal. So she reached down and she made food for the day. Next morning, I wonder. She gets up and she goes to the barrel, sure enough. 
I think the third day and the fourth day, she got up kind of with excitement and into, what is God doing today? I think you'll find that to be the same way when you give sacrificially to missions. That God will bless you beyond measure and you'll get excited. What's God going to do in my life now? Uh, how is God going to bless me now? So we have that, uh, that component, that uh, Spirit of God, that uh, promise component, the promise of the Father. That he promised her uh, that she w- He would sustain her, that He would take care of her, and she did. Then I want to give you kind of the uh, careful one, uh, the, the patience component. He says in verse number 49, uh, but tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Tarry in the city. Now, you say, okay, well, I don't have to give. No, no, because you should be tarrying before the Lord now. He'll give you what he wants you to do by the time you take up your faith promise cards on Sunday, isn't it? So tarry before the Lord now. You know what you ought to do? You're not going to like me. You ought to take that card and invitation time, you ought to bring that card, lay it right there. And you ought to kneel down. You ought to say, God, I want to do something. But I need your guidance. Heavenly Father, would you tell me what you want, to put, what you want me to put on that card? Would you inform me as to what you want on that card? Now, that means you're going to have to get up in a moment, not yet, you're going to have to get up and come to an altar. Something about that altar, I think Walter said it last night, is just carpet and wood until you come there, and then it's a holy place. Why? Because you're meeting with God there. You say, well, I don't do altars. You ought to try it. I do altars all the time. I'm not always up here. I, I, I have a church I go to, and my pastor is a great preacher. When he preaches, oftentimes I'm at the altar. Not because he preaches on my sin. I list my sins out so he doesn't preach on them. <laughs> but because I know the value of kneeling at an altar. I've experienced the value of kneeling at an altar. I was saved at an altar. I was surrendered to preach at an altar. I got direction for where at an altar. I spend a lot of time at altars. Why? Because I meet God there. So I can do it in the seat. Yeah, you can. Unless he says, go to the altar. Then you're, if he says it, you're not following the Holy Spirit. You're disobedient. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I told you you wouldn't like me. I worked all that way to get you to like me, and now I tell you you're not going to like me. There's the patience component. Now he said, tarry in Jerusalem. That's that patience. Uh, and then there's perseverance. Uh, until you be endued with power from on high. There's that perseverance. You just stay there until you be endued. And stay, you know, I understand that you say, well, uh, that means I can go till next year. No, that means you go until uh, the time that it's supposed to be. The time has already been stated that it is this coming Sunday. Uh, and then there's the the persistent, persistently asking. You don't get an answer, ask again. You pray over your card and you say, God, what would you, he doesn't seem to answer you. Do it again. Pray again. Jesus talked about those that prayed over and over with importunity. The unjust judge who considered not man or that woman who uh, asked to be relieved of her adversary. And uh, finally, she just wore him out. And he said, okay, because you won't leave me alone. He says, that's the way we pray. Just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. Uh, And so we have that persistence component. So you've got these components of this whole thing of missions, and we've laid it all out. So here's the the deal. What are you going to do with your components? You are responsible for the preaching component. I am in India and elsewhere. You're responsible for the preaching component here and responsible 
to assist those that are preaching the word of God elsewhere in your stead. We've got the person component. That's you. Uh, we've got all kinds of components. What are you going to do with your part of that missions? Hmm? Are you going to get involved? Are you going to get more involved? Are you going to add to or are you going to just start? It's up to you. This is the time when you have to decide, God, I want to be involved in this thing of missions. I want to be involved. Please, God, tell me what you want me to do as far as giving to missions. And I already know, God, what you want me to do as far as sharing the gospel. You want me to share the gospel on a regular basis. It's your, your time now. We're going to bow our heads, pray. We're going to give the invitation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here tonight, and maybe, maybe tonight, I think everybody here uh, I've seen before, but maybe you're not sure about your salvation. Would you come and, uh, and make that sure? Maybe there's some things in your life we touched on. Maybe you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit of God like you know you're supposed to be. Maybe you've not been listening to Him like you know you're supposed to. Uh, maybe you could come tonight and ask God to fill you and use you. Maybe you're here tonight and and uh, you've not been involved in missionary giving, and you'd say, I, I see the, the need to. I know I ought to. Uh, and uh, you'd come and ask God to direct you in that. Maybe tonight uh, you've not been sharing the gospel like you ought. You don't carry gospel tracts. You don't give out gospel tracts. You don't take opportunities that God gives you to share the gospel with others. Maybe you'd come tonight and say, God, would you forgive me for being silent when I should be, uh, should be vocal? Uh, and uh, not silent in the gate, but be vocal. And maybe that's you tonight. Whatever your need is tonight, the altar is yours. I'm going to pray, and then we'll stand, and, and she'll play a song of invitation on the piano. No singing. I just want you to uh, stand with your head bowed. If you need the altar, you come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we've had together. Ask, Father, you'd bless uh, in, the, in the preaching of the Word of God. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. Pray, Father, that you bless each of those that are here. Father, you work in their hearts. All I can do is work on their heads. You work in their hearts, Father, and bring them to that point where they're willing to do anything you want them to do. Father, I pray this all in that name that's above every name, the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Amen.